It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. This is TalkSport Daily. Hello, I'm Andy Goldstein and you're listening to Andy Goldstein's TalkSport Daily podcast. Now... Under normal circumstances, of course, we'd start with a bit of fun and a bit of joke and look back at the weekend's FA Cup action. But, of course, last night there was some incredibly sad news from America, and that was Kobe Bryant, the basketball legend, had sadly died in a helicopter crash aged just 41. He was one of a number of people killed. His daughter, Gianna, is reported to have also been on board. Bryant was considered to be one of the greatest players of all time, and on TalkSport, as soon as the news broke, there was a special show where Danny Kelly and Andy Brassel were paying tribute to the sporting superstar we sadly lost. It's very difficult to believe and it's very difficult to take in. Um, Kobe Bryant has, has been in the news this week uh, because LeBron James passed him uh, for third on the all-time scoring list of the NBA. And for that reason, um, LeBron James has been talking about how Kobe shaped his career. You know, there are, are so few players that are eponymous. LeBron is one. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kobe is, a, is, is another. And um, Kobe Bryant is someone who was not just, um, I suppose, a Francesco Totti-like figure in, in basketball. In the fact yeah, that he yeah, was... Explain to the, to the teenage other what that means. <laughs> well, he was, he was with the same team for the, for the, for the whole stretch. Which he, was, he was with the Los Angeles yes. Lakers the whole time um, for, for 20 years. The only player um, in what is such a storied franchise to have not one but two jerseys retired, the number eight and the number 24. And what people know him for the most is, I, I think, even beyond... Um, the five championships that he, he won with the Lakers. Beyond the two finals MVPs in 2009, 2010, which was when the Lakers were last the Lakers, I think you could say, before LeBron James arrived in Hollywood. I think it's the, the fact that he was just someone who came from not a, a difficult background ground at all. He was someone who was uh, cosmopolitan. He was well-travelled. He was multilingual. But he just had this in a fire that made him into the the, the player he was. And um, I remember hearing him being uh, interviewed recently, uh, probably about six months ago, on the on the Knuckleheads podcast. And to, to hear someone speaking really like a sergeant major, not in a, in a capacity with two former NBA players who host this podcast, Quentin Richardson and Darius Miles. Mm-hmm. And it's very much on, you're amongst friends here, just relaxed. 
he didn't have a relaxed tone at all because he never felt relaxed. He felt like this was my plan. I always had my career plan. I wasn't there to make friends. No one was getting in the way. I was going to be the best. And just his desire for scoring, his desire for winning was absolutely unparalleled. We talked a little earlier about LeBron James and the biggest name in basketball, one of the biggest names in world sport, who in the past uh, few days has overtaken the fantastic scoring record of Kobe Bryant. And he was asked about the player that uh, LeBron described as his idol. When I was a kid, when I was in high school, um, you know, I was growing up through the ranks when Kobe came into the league. He was, um, you know, it wasn't a dream of mine to come straight you know, from high school at that point in time to the NBA. But I was like, wow, a you know, 17-year-old, 18-year-old kid being able to, to make that leap, that's, that's pretty damn cool. Um, and, and as I started playing more ball and I went into high school, the things that he was doing on the floor, I, you know, admired and wanted to be a part of. Um, I went to ABCD camp and he came and talked to all the, all the, all the kids that was there. And I happened to be one of, the, one of the kids that was there. And I was just, I was just listening. I was just trying to soak everything up I could, you know, and I remember one thing that he said, he was like, if you want to try to be, you know, great at it or want to be one of the greats, you got to put the work in. He'd been appearing on courtside a few times recently and um, it's because his, his teenage daughter, Gia, started really getting into the game and she's demanded that her dad take her along. Now, I think the fact that he charmed people across the continent, in Europe as well, because he spoke fluent Italian, big Milan fan as, mm. as, as well, showed a, a lot of interest in, in European mm. sports too. There was an extraordinary moment where uh, the best young player in the NBA recently, um, Luka Doncic, he was in town uh, with the Dallas Mavericks um, when they were playing the Lakers. And Doncic is just getting ready to put in the ball on the sideline. And, you know, the players are used to getting a bit of chip from the people who play sure. a lot from their seats. And he's just about to put it in, and Doncic has this, what's going on here, look over his, in his face. And he turns around, it's Kobe Bryant, and he shakes his hand. And they asked Doncic about it later. He was there, Kobe, with Gia, his daughter. And uh, they asked Doncic what happened, he, and Doncic is from Slovenia. And he said, I was just about to put the ball in, and someone started sledging me in Slovenian. Wow. And I turned around, and it was Kobe Bryant with a big grin on his face. Time now to hear from the LA Clippers head coach, Doc Rivers. Understandably, incredibly emotional after receiving the news of Kobe Bryant's death. The news is just devastating to everybody uh, who knew him, known him a long time. And, uh, you know, he, he just, he, mean, he means a lot to me, obviously. Um, you know, he was such a great opponent, you know. Um, it's what you want in sports. Um, he had that, that DNA that, um, that very few athletes can ever have. You know, the, the Tiger Woods and the, the Michael Jordans, you know. Um, it's funny. I, uh, I've, I was getting to know him more since he retired, you know. Um, yeah, this is, this is a tough one. I don't, uh, I mean, we have to go play. Uh, I mean, the news is just so devastating for, for Vanessa and, and, his, and his family. And um, there's just so many people he touched, you know. Um, and, you know, it's, it's looking at my young players and, and seeing how emotional uh, they are. Um, they didn't even know him, you know. And uh, it just tells you how far his reach was. So, um, 
mean, this is just shocking news for all of us. And sorry, I don't have a lot to say. Uh, I just can't uh, have to go talk to a team uh, before a game and tell them to play. Okay. And we finish this section of the podcast with Kobe Bryant's poem entitled Dear Basketball, written when the five times NBA champion retired in 2016. Dear Basketball. From the moment I started rolling my dad's tube socks and shooting imaginary game-winning shots in the Great Western Forum, I knew one thing was real. I fell in love with you. A love so deep, I gave you my all. From my mind and body to my spirit and soul. As a six-year-old boy, I'm deeply in love with you. I never saw the end of the tunnel. I only saw myself running out of one. And so I ran. I ran up and down every court after every loose ball for you. You asked for my hustle. I gave you my heart. Because it came with so much more. I played through the sweat and the hurt. Not because challenge called me. But because you called me. I did everything for you. Because that's what you do when someone makes you feel as alive as you've made me feel. You gave a six-year-old boy his Laker dream. And I'll always love you for it. And for more on the Kobe Bryant story, please head to TalkSport. Now we move on to football and the reaction to Shrewsbury's 2-2 draw with Liverpool in the FA Cup and the Sunday exclusive. And we can hear from some of the people involved in that game, starting with the goal scorer for Shrewsbury, Jason Cummings, and we'll hear from the Liverpool manager, Jurgen Klopp, speaking with Ian Abrahams. Long ball play for... Oh, it's Cummings! Edge of the area! 2-2! What a moment in Shrewsbury Town's history! They have come back from 2-0 down against the world and European champions, the Premier League champions-elect. We were 2-0 down, so I know that I had to come on and try to get a goal for us. You know, Every game I play, it doesn't matter who it is, I try and score. Um, and now I'm delighted to score against you know, the best team in the world, albeit I know they never played their top players at the start, but um, a couple of them came right at the end. So. Um, and as I said, it's absolutely fantastic for the club. Jürgen, first of all, I mean, you must be disappointed with that, but you're still in the cup. Yes, true, but that's not exactly how we see it in the moment, I can imagine, um, especially after your 2 up. But I have to say, we, we, we are, I think, hopefully, we are always honest, and the 2 2 is the least what um, Shrewsbury deserved today. So they had already in the first half counter-attacking ch- chances, one on one on Adrian after we lost the ball. Um, so they didn't score there. We scored a really nice goal. They scored their second goal, our second goal by themselves. Um, but you, we never got really, um, we never got really used 
to the pitch, to be honest. And I saw how we still tried to build up, but nobody really, we didn't, we didn't have uh, the ball was constantly rolling. We were hectic. We, we played there in their feet and stuff like this. That's not us, and that should not be like this, obviously. But today it was like this, so you have to accept that. Then they scored the first one. Stadium now 100% there, um, and they scored the second one, and then we had made a few changes, but um, at the end it didn't work out. So. Um, yeah, congratulations to Shrewsbury. We've been speaking all week, and you've spoken this week about cup replays. Would you rather have settled it here today in, in any way, shape, or form? 100%. So the situation is the following that we said. Um, we got in April and a letter, last April, a letter from the Premier League, I think, or from the league, I'm not 100% sure. I think Premier League, that we, where we, they ask us for um, respecting the winter break, no, organizing no international friendlies or competitive games. So we do that. We respect the winter break. So I, I, we will be in the winter break and um, in two weeks' time, and um, yeah, our youngsters will play against Rosebery at Anfield. That's a, that's a solution. The Premier League cannot say today that and then organize it together. They have to start talking, and we cannot change it like this. So finally, for me, you're you're saying because it's a winter break, the senior players will be on their winter break, so it will be the young team again. Exactly. Okay. So not the senior side that we saw some of the senior players even on the bench. I said what I said, so... Staying with the FA Cup, we can hear now from Ole Gunnar Solskjaer after his Manchester United side beat Tramir by six goals to nil. The United fans expected behind that goal. Greenwood, right-footed, makes absolutely no mistake. Davis had gone the other way. And Manchester United have six here at Prenton Park, 11 minutes into the second half. This week, at least, it is crisis what crisis? Of course, the, the last two now before the break is they're important games for us. Today was a game everyone, apart from Man United fans, wanted us to lose. So uh, of course it was. It's been a bit of pressure on them, but they've uh, enjoyed today and have a nice couple of days rest again, and then we're uh, off, and, off and running. Hello, Barry Glendening here. You're listening to Talksport Daily. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Time to head over to the weekend breakfast show with Tony Cascarino. And he was alluding to the fact that Manchester United would be better off 
a point in Bielsa than Pochettino. I'd have, I mean, Biel- I'd have Bielsa over Poch every day of the week at Man United. Really? Yeah, I would, yeah. I think he's unbelievable think he's what he's idea. achieved at Leeds. I don't think it's a bad idea, but I do think but for younger players... This, this isn't just about the manager. The structure of the football club at the very top is wrong, OK? You have no director of football. It's been said by many different people, OK? But you have a known, um, the owners that have no involvement... Very similar to Ellie Shaw and Randy Lerner. Who Aston Villa. their chief executive. Yeah. And, and you end up, it just spirals down the football club and every level is wrong, OK? And that can, could be from recruitment, the analyst, to the, every, the manager. The manager. And yes, the manager will become a scapegoat. Unless that structure, the foundations of that football club are put right, that club is going to stagnate. A quick reminder that the fourth test match between South Africa and England it's day four and it gets underway now, this morning, at half past seven, and the whole test is live and exclusive to TalkSport 2. Here's assistant coach Paul Collingwood with Mark Butcher and our very own Darren Goff. Joe Root is going to play the next ball. Oh, my God, what a catch! What a catch! Joe Root's innings is over. And Faf Duplessis has just taken an absolute screamer. Think Paul Collingwood at Bristol. Think Andrew Strauss. Faf Duplessis diving to his right. Full extension, Superman-like, plucks it out of the sky, one-handed. We have uh, England assistant coach Paul Collingwood down here with us. Um, Collie, thanks for joining us. England in a terrific position in this Test match with two days to go. Um, Did all of that go exactly as you'd planned it? Well, we wanted to go out there and, um, and bat positively and, um, you know, to get a good total on the board and put them under pressure in the last innings, as simple as that. And I think we've done that. We've got 4-6-5 on the board to, to chase down. And um, we've seen the wicket is um, getting more up and down. The cracks are opening. Um, so, to be honest, the, the, the plan's going pretty perfectly at the moment. And, um, you know, it was set up very much by the first innings, 400 total. And then I just thought the five seamers bowled absolutely fantastic. It really stifled them put them under a lot of pressure and just, um, you know, they deserve the wickets. Yeah, going back to the, the bowling innings, obviously this morning, it's a little longer perhaps, and you, you might have expected South Africa resisted um, a whole lot better than they did in Port Elizabeth. But just just talk to us about Mark Wood. You, you've known him since he was a young lad. Uh, the, the dynamism, the, the way that the game changes when he is brought into the attack is just such a great dimension for this team to have. Well, he brings his character onto the pitch and um, his personality in the dressing room, he's enthusiastic, um, he's funny, he's humorous, and he loves a game of cricket. You know, it's as simple as that. He, he plays the game as if he's playing for Ashington, um, back home in England, up in the northeast, a little pit village, and, and that's how he, um, he plays it. Whether he's playing for England or Ashington, he goes out there and he, and he just tries his best. And, you know, I'm absolutely delighted for him. He's had a, he's had a, a long career of, of injuries. Um, he hasn't played back-to-back test matches in, up until this one. And, you know, the confidence that he can gain from um, doing that is fantastic. But the skill that he brings to the team, bowling over 90 miles an hour, um, the energy that he has, as I said, when he's running in, you know, that affects the opposition. And if he can have someone like that um, and, and playing time and time again, it's, um, you know, it, it really does help the bowling unit. One last thing, if I have to play catch, you might have been quite proud of that one yourself. I thought you should have got two on to it, to be honest. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, it was excellent one. Really turned around just in disbelief when it uh, stuck there. Uh, good athlete in the field, and cr- what a what a uh, one-handed diving catch it was. 
Back now to FA Cup football and a bad day for West Ham. They lost, of course, 1-0 at home to West Brom. Here's West Ham's captain, Mark Noble, speaking with the Moose. West Bromwich Albion one, Connor Townsend is the man who's got the goal. West Brom on the attack, Charlie Austin, ball got laid out to the left-hand side and Townsend has stumped it in from the edge of the penalty area. Just what West Ham and David Moyes didn't need. Disappointing afternoon, to say the least. Nowhere near good enough, let's be honest. Um, After it was pitiful the first half. Yeah, it was nowhere near good enough uh, for the standard that we even play at, let alone... West Brom made uh, some changes and uh, there was no difference at all, you know. Um, and we, we we deserved to go in uh, one 0 down for sure. When you look around, you see I think it was just under sixty thousand here today to, for an FA Cup game. Fans were incredible, stuck by the boys, but um, we didn't give them nothing to cheer about in the first half. I know how frustrated you will be as much as the fans tonight that that what is looking like a relegation battle season doesn't even have the comfort of an FA Cup run I've always whenever I've heard interviews or seen them on TV and you look at people that come out and try and uh, paper over cracks if you say it just that you can tell and, and today was nowhere near good enough for the standard that we should be at so there's no point me standing there and lying about it because uh Sometimes people just want to hear honesty. How can you turn it around again? Because you've, you've turned it around. No, you have. You've turned. You know you have. You're know. laughing. You've, yeah, you've turned it around many times. Uh, look, Moose. I'm, look, I'm, I'm 33 in May. You know this. Like I've been doing this now for 15, 16 years. Half your life. Uh, yeah, it is half my life. And um, I mean, you can't at, at a club this at this level um, with the money we've spent. You can't. You you can't rely on me or. Uh, but the club does rely on you, Mark. Yeah, but you can't rely on that to come on at half time in an FA Cup game. This, you shouldn't. That shouldn't. Shouldn't be like that. We, we've changed managers. You know, this, we've got to look at ourselves. No one else. You've got to look at yourself. You've got to look at yourself in the mirror and say, Did I give enough today? Did I work hard enough? Um, was I good enough? And uh, the answer to that for me was no. Last one then. Message to the fans who'll be listening to this, because. You know, you are a West Ham fan. Your mates are West Ham fans, and and you know how disgruntled they are right now. <sighs> Please believe me, I'm feeling their pain. Uh, like I'm, I'm supposed to be going out for my, uh, my with my dad tonight for for a birthday and for some some dinner. I'd like it's the last thing I want to do. Do you know what I mean? Because I know that I'm, I'm not going to enjoy it. Uh, my life at West Ham, unless we're doing okay, is. Uh, I just constantly worry about the club and um, as I said uh, at the age of well, 33 in May um, you're looking to sort of enjoy the last couple of years of your career you know and, and enjoy it but uh, when you're, you're fighting relegation battles and um, it, trust me it's not enjoyable And we end the podcast with my show the Trans Europe Express on Sundays from 9pm and I was getting the boys views on a superstar in the making Kylian Mbappe Well, we do have a true superstar. There's no question about that. I mean, this is a guy who's already won the World Cup and he said that himself. He said, you know, that's been a massive step forward for him in terms of not only his profile, but in terms of his confidence. I thought one of the most interesting things from the interview was that he said he was 100% focused on Paris Saint-Germain. You know, he wants them to win trophies. He wants them to be successful. He is a man of Paris. He he wants uh, to be involved in their success. But then he did add a caveat to that and say, uh, when this season is over, then maybe we'll talk. So 
I think he's somebody who's very aware of his profile. He's very aware of the fact that he is a commodity. He he said, you know, when I arrived, I had talent. Now I'm a superstar. So so he knows that. But, you know, he came across as, as very humble. He talked about how difficult it was when he first went to Monaco uh, at 14. He said he cried a lot because, you know, he felt lonely and it was a lot of pressure. Um, but to have packed so much into such a short career and still have so much room to grow, I mean, the possibilities are endless. And a reminder, if you've not subscribed already, you can via Acast, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. Just before I go, two things to remind you about tonight from 8pm, you can hear live commentary of the FA Cup fourth round clash between Bournemouth and Arsenal. And then, of course, you can have your say on my show, The Sports Bar, alongside Jason Cundy from 10pm. Thanks so much for listening. Be safe, everyone. Be safe. That was a podcast from Talk Sport. 